Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Rambling Runner podcast. I'm here with Jacob Puzzi and Ben Rosario. Guys, thank you so much for coming on today. We're here to talk about Run With Rivs, a, um, basically a movement that is now occurring um, around Jacob, your brother, Tommy. And I'm just so excited to talk to both of you because this is something that a lot of people in the running community are getting involved in, uh, not just in Flagstaff, or the United States, but internationally, um, and want to talk specifically about what this is, how people can get involved, and also to share information about Tommy, someone that you guys know and love so much, and who, while many people know him from afar and may have read something about him or done an iFit running class with him leading it and things of that nature, but certainly something that you guys can bring color and context to, to the man himself, who is uh, certainly... A, you know, wonderful guy who I haven't had the privilege to know, but someone who that is, I guess people are just intensely curious about what's, what makes this man so special because he certainly is so. So as we get into it, Ben, talk to me a little bit about Run With Rivs. And I guess let's start with, yeah, just, just the name. I noticed that this is not Run For Rivs. This is called Run With Rivs. Yeah, I think it's um, astute of you to, to pick that out because the... The thing is about about rivers and and Jacob really obviously is going to really tell you about who his brother is, but um, you know he's just one of these guys in Flagstaff that everybody knows him because he will jump in anything. <laughs> I mean he will he will show up for the weekly bagel run, of course, but he'll show up for the hardest of hard long runs with the fastest pros, and then he'll show up to the team run Flagstaff adult you know age group regular folk kind of speed workouts and do those too. And he's always smiling and he's always encouraging others. And he's always, he's just always around it seems. And so that idea of running with Rivs is, is born of that concept. You know, here's a guy who was always willing to join you. So let's join him. That's great. And it's, it's been amazing to witness how many people are coming together for a man that they didn't even particularly know. Jacob, when you started the, I guess, kind of broadcasting on your end, uh, what was happening with Tommy and giving people updates, what was it like for you just in terms of the the overall demand to know what was going on with your brother and how many people were concerned about the situation? Uh. I think overwhelming is an understatement. It was um, it was inspiring and and certainly heartwarming, um, and and it's why I um, started making the announcements. I, I think it's probably pretty clear that I'm not made to be behind a camera or a mic, um, and I'm <laughs> I'm not very comfortable um, in front of people. Um, but I was getting so many private messages and comments on what little content I have on my Instagram side of things. It was like, oh man, I guess this is what press releases are for and like why people start making announcements or uh, that sort of thing um, for the masses. Uh, it, again, it was it, all very well intended and it was just not anything we were prepared for as a family. And and I knew that if I was getting those kinds of messages, stuff was too. And um, I... My main goal was obviously to try and make sure that everyone who cares about him knew what was going on, uh, while at the same time just trying to um, create a bit of a barrier between <laughs> the questions and, and, and particularly Steph as she was placed in basically <laughs> a really stressful situation, um, trying to make decisions about 
you know, what type of care for him to receive and life and death type situations. And so, um, that was, that was my main objective, but, it, um, the, the outpouring of love and support has been, um, awe inspiring, um, to say the least. Like, I, I can't think of words that aren't cliche, but like, that's, it, it's incredible. And, um, it brings me and my family to tears, um, on multiple times a day. And it's not because we're sad, about the situation it's that we're it, it buoys us up and it's brought us so much hope because it's a it's been a shock to <laughs> to us as a family and to obviously to just thousands of others so yeah yeah certainly and i guess they're cliche for a reason because they're you know the thing those are they're common in terms of the understanding behind them and and the feelings that you know are pervasive in those words uh that have been, maybe they've been said so many times because they really ring true and i think that what you say in in the ways that you say it in regards to your brother and the situation and his family and that message not only of detailing the situation but also a message of hope and love uh, that is also pervasive in a lot of the things that, that you've put out and that, uh, that many other people have put out as well in relation to Tommy and what's happening um, is really a sight to see. So I guess first things first, the first, the, the first initiative that was started was the GoFundMe page, which really took off um, very quickly and reached you know, a really high levels. With that being said, Ben, what was the thinking behind this new fundraising initiative, Run With Ribs? Well, first of all, this was Vince Sherry, and uh, he's the owner of Run Flagstaff, the, the specialty run store here in town, and, and Mike Smith, his buddy, who's the uh, NAU head cross-country and track coach. Uh, they really wanted to do something for Rivs that involved not necessarily running, but just some sort of challenge, you know, a, a virtual event that people could really get involved in beyond just um, just donating money. And that's awesome if you just donate money, don't get me wrong. But there's something about his spirit that we thought would be cool or that they thought would be cool, um, you know, to involve these sorts of things. You know, Rivers has over 200,000 Instagram followers and he has those followers not because he's a um, egomaniac. Uh, in fact, just the opposite, but he has those followers because he shares his story and he shares his epic adventures and all the challenges that he takes on from, you know, running the Boston Marathon um, to ultra races, mountain races, triathlons, epic runs in the canyon, um, all of these things that he's done over the years, he's shared with others. And so, you know, I know at the top we talked about everybody in Flagstaff knowing him. But the truth is there's people all over the world that feel like they know him because of what he's shared uh, on Instagram. That's really been his his medium. And so I think Vince and Mike were absolutely correct to think that, hey, if we did something like this, maybe other people could uh, you know, be inspired by by Rivers and and take on their own challenge. So the idea here is, as we kind of hashed it out was, look, pick a challenge of your choosing, you know? Yeah, for Rivers, it might be doing a rim to rim to rim. <laughs> but for other people, it might be running a couple laps around your block, you know? The point is, get out there and challenge yourself. And if in the process, we can raise a bunch of money for uh, Steph and the girls, 
to help pay these medical bills, then great. Uh, but but always a, a part of this thing in their mind, and and certainly I was uh, you know happy to help in any way I could. So I guess I would say in our minds, the idea was that that when Rivs wakes up from this coma. Uh, he can get on Instagram and see all these pictures that are being shared from all over the world, from people running and hiking and biking and swimming or whatever it is they choose to do over these next eight days. And, um, you know, maybe he can put a smile on his face. I mean, that's, you know, that would, that would, that would just be the best. All right. So I'm looking at the run sign up page right now. Uh, which is run signup.com and it's run with ribs and there's a run with ribs Instagram I mean, I might have seen a hundred different elite runners share about this today, and I'm sure we'll see many more in the near future. Um, with that said, how can people specifically get involved either as an ambassador within this, you know, in terms of sharing their own journey mm-hmm. and trying to get people to support them or to support other people who are, who are uh, an ambassador within this group or within this movement? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to tell you in the simplest way I can. It, it's, it really is pretty easy. So you can go to runsignup.com and search for Run With Rivs or the link, the direct link is on the Run With Rivs Instagram. Uh, and, and it's and also course, in the show notes to this podcast, folks, if you're listening great. to this right now. And, it, and it's being shared all over the place. So it, it shouldn't be hard to get to this page. Uh, but but essentially, it's um, it's what I mentioned before. It's It's you can sign up to participate. And you can pick the challenge of your choosing. It doesn't matter. Uh, you will be given your own URL, um, and you can share that URL with others, and they can donate. Some, you know, it's somewhat similar to you know grade school jump rope for heart, right? You know, you you sign up for your your um, your jump rope day, and your family and friends support you by pledging or donating a certain amount of money, right? So same idea. Uh, really, really simple. Run sign up makes it very easy and very intuitive. Uh, but if you honestly just want to go in and just give some money, that option is there for you too. Uh, also, if you know somebody that's doing it and you want to support them, just click on find a participant, type in, you know, Jacob Pusey or, or Ben Rosario and, and our names will come up and you can donate to our page. There, there's We've made it. <laughs> we've made it so there's lots of ways to give money. <laughs> That's what we want to do is raise money. Um, but uh, but look again, we 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 want people to to do this and take this on. So essentially, it's it's eight days, August first through ninth. So you get this weekend and next weekend plus all the weekdays, and you can choose any day you want and any challenge you want. And um, when you do your challenge. Run sign up gives you the option to to log it and talk about it and share on there, but you can also share these pics on social media. Uh, hashtag Run with Rivs. So what I'd love to see is people really taking advantage of that and getting the movement, as you said at the top, going by by sharing this stuff, sharing your pictures and and what you're doing for your challenge. I just think again, and hearing Jacob talk about it, it just reinforces what we had hoped, which is, you know, we're just trying to just trying to bring some hope here, you know, and, and, um, and spread, spread some, some good vibes, right. Um, to a family that, that really needs them. And, um, that, that's the idea. Ho- hopefully that, that sounded simple. It's really not that hard. If you go to the website, it'll all be very, very clear. Yeah. And I love the idea of spreading good vibes and love and commitment as well. And, and one of the things that he's known for Jacob is rage on, and it's kind of speaks to this dichotomy within Tommy. It seems like, again, I'm speaking from afar. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, where you have that component of his, right? You got like the, like the skull and bones on the hat, <laughs> you got the rage on going on, but you also have a guy who seems also very, 
you know, very sensitive, very thoughtful. So just talk a little bit about this idea of going all in and being like full out, like, you know, balls to the wall kind of guy, but at the same time being an extremely thoughtful individual who has a very sensitive side and being someone who isn't kind of, you know, segmented into either one of these things and we can encompass both of those and many other qualities as well, almost like in this warrior monk fashion. Um, to be honest, like <laughs> when he started using the rage on hashtag and, and we had talked about ma making this called rage with ribs and it was like, that's just not him. Like that's, that's like a very <laughs> small piece of who he is. He is, he is an absolute teddy bear. Anyone who's been around him enough <laughs> knows that he is particular and, and he, he may, um, have some strong words to share about certain things, but for the most part, um, he is just, he's gentle and, and he's kind and he's loving and he's thoughtful. And, um, he, that being said, he, he is, I don't even know if it's, if it's like an, an innate part of him or if it's a trained part of him, the, the whole rage part. So we, we grew up in, in rural Oregon <laughs> during like the, the renaissance of Oregon distance running and when all the Prefontaine movies were coming out and we used to run against Pat Tyson's team, meet high school and Pat Tyson was pre's, um, roommate and stuff. So like we drank the Kool-Aid. It was like, Oh cool. Blue collar kid from rural Oregon who like sticks to the man and like goes and beats the, <laughs> you know, city slickers. And like, so we full on drank that Kool-Aid and, and I can't tell you how many times, I mean, we would have competitions at track practice to see like, we'd go to the pizza hut buffet for lunch and then we would have practice. We'd had competitions to see who could hold it down the longest during the intervals and stuff like that. And, oh, and so like he, he would like, he'd pass out trying to keep his pizza down, you know? And, and then, and then he would try and hold his breath. He, I think he heard about either Pavo Nerme or Emil Zadepec or something like that, like holding their breath between intervals or something like that. So he would do that. So I'd like have to resuscitate him in practice to be like, dude, quit holding your breath during the far licks. Like it's not do that on your own, but not like not when we're out here in the heat. And, um, and he, so he's just all about doing that. Um, I remember a, a mile race that we did, in college, but it was like, I think he was still trying to earn a scholarship. He'd been away for a couple of years, um, and, and came back and was trying to get in shape. And, and we ran this road race, but then afterwards it's crazy idea, but they took like the top 10 guys and, and had us run a mile, like around Aloha stadium in Hawaii. <laughs> and, um, and he, he snuck into the top 10 and I was in the top 10 and, and people, on, I had been there for a while. So people on the Island kind of knew who I was, but there were some Hanson's guys and there were some Kenyan guys that had come over. There was some good prize money there. And, so the goal was, you know, I had already won some money in the, in the longer race. The goal was he was going to try and win the mile. Again, the guy hadn't run a mile in like four years, like on the track or anything didn't. And, uh, and the goal was I would like hold, the, hold the group back and he would take off like on at the 800 meter mark and, and, and he would win. And he did like, because he was willing to just like go to really dark places like pre and just like. Um, when I think of him, I think of those lines of, um, in the backstretch with when Pree's running in the, in the 72 Olympics, it's, um, and here's Steve Prefontaine, um, the kid from Oregon is showing all the guts in the world. He's hanging in there with the kickers. That guy has no business running with Ben's team or with any of the guys in flex. If that guy has no business placing in the top 50 or the top hundred or top thousand at Boston. 
but he doesn't care. He doesn't know any better. He just like, he just sticks his nose in and he grinds and grinds and grinds and grinds. And, and that's just, that's just who he is. He's, he has no fear of just like to a fault of just like sticking his nose in and, and he'd rather black out and then, then like not try. And that's, and, he, and he's blacked out a lot. And so honestly, like my hope was this, this was just another one of his like blackout. <laughs> Like went to a dark place, got really sick, but I'm going to be better. And, and I, I still hope that's the case, but this is by far the most severe go to the well experience. So, yeah. And Ben, when you talk about, you know, the Flagstaff community with, along with Boulder seems to be like the two epicenters of endurance sports, at least endurance running in America. Um, And, you know, Tommy seems to be kind of ubiquitous within the community, not only in terms of you know, his running chops like road racing, but also ultra running, trail running, and even triathlon, which has been a big part of his life as well. How unique is his place within the Flagstaff community? It's very unique. You know, he, he's one of a kind, <laughs> as his brother was kind of alluding to. And, um, you know, everybody, everybody just likes him. You know, there's nobody... <laughs> There's nobody that has a bad word to say about him, and and uh, Jacob's right. You know, it's it's fun to see him just jump in and just try things. And I was telling you how he'll jump in with amateurs, pros, you know, whatever. He'll he'll, he'll run up a mountain with the world's best mountain runners, and he'll he'll run a road workout with the be- world's best road runners, and then he'll he'll get on an epic bike ride with with pro cyclists. I mean, he'll just do anything. Um, we were just actually joking. We did a workout yesterday down in Sedona. Uh, twenty by a four, twenty by four hundred with a hundred meter jog, which is really short jog and really really difficult workout. And we were talking about how Rivs had done that workout with us in the, in the NAU dome on the three hundred meter indoor track a couple of years ago. And it was just such a classic Rivs situation because he asked if he can jump on the workout, which he's always welcome uh, because he's 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 awesome. But uh, but of course he always asks, and uh, you know we said yeah, come on out. And and he jumped in, and we were running, and he'd run like three or four of them, and then he'd be so. Uh, gas that he'd have to take one off, but then he'd jump back in and he'd do three or four more. And, and we were taking turns, you know, cause if it's just kind of etiquette, right? So you're doing four hundreds and you take turns leading. And when it was his turn to lead, boy, he was spot on, you know, he would lead his 70 and um, take everybody through. And then, yeah, might have to skip one, but <laughs> he was right back on the train as soon as he could be. So anyway, that's just, I hope we're doing him justice, but that's just the kind of guy he is. Like everybody knows him. He's, he's kind of like that kid in high school where, you know, you've got your cliques in high school and you've got your stoners and you've got your jocks and you've got your nerds and you've got your band kids or whatever. And there's always that that one kid that's just friends with every group and that's Rivers. All right, Ben, I know you have to go. You got a coaching thing. Jacob, we're going to continue one-on-one. Do you need to say anything before you head out? I would just like to say thanks for having me on. And uh, I look forward to listening to the entirety of this podcast because I always love hearing uh, Jacob talk about his brother. I think we've gotten used to that over these last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, Jacob, I know it's tough for you, but but I hope that you can find the the strength to keep doing it because it really means a lot to the rest of us who know him to hear you speak about him and, and obviously give us the updates on his condition. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. I can't thank you and uh, Vince and, and Mike enough, um, what you guys are doing and, and the rest of the Flagstaff community, what you guys are doing for, for Tommy, for Steph, for their little girls, for... Um, for my extended family um, and for the the entire community, um, we really appreciate it. So thank you. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, Matt. I'll uh, I'll uh, let you guys go. So Jacob, as Ben was just discussing, you have 
you know, the side of Tommy, which is obviously he's very into this, the social aspect, not only of the running community, triathlon community, ultra running community, so on and so forth. Just being around people seems to be, be a big part of him. And at the same time, you see the side of him that, you know, runs 11 miles, you know, kind of like to and then from um, his studies to prepare for the Boston Marathon and get running in while he's studying and you know, living in a secluded area. It seems like in a lot of ways and not just within his athletic and community endeavors that he is a man who has, you know, had, can be fully invested on in, in ways that can be seemingly paradoxical, but for him are true to his core. Yeah, absolutely. He is... Um as as public as he is with his writing and with his pictures and posts and 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 the fact that he is um, a part of the Flagstaff community on so many levels you know he he runs with the run of Flagstaff group track workouts when he's in town he he runs with an easy elite group <laughs> he's like a an honorary member of the Coconino Cowboys. <laughs> so like, kind of like Ben was saying, like he, he can run with and join anyone. He'll run the bagel run with people. He'll do the Sunday long runs. And at the same time, if he, if that doesn't work with his schedule or if he's not in town or whatever, or when he is in town, he, he does. Um, now what's kind of the equivalent of what he did when he was in grad school, he calls it the Vuelta, Vuelta del Taco. <laughs> so there's a Del Taco near the NAU campus and so he runs from his house to the Del Taco and eats a couple bean and cheese burritos and then turns around and runs back. And so he still gets the same amount of mileage in. And um, so he, he, I think he, he's constantly trying to strike that balance of like um, the time where he needs to be alone because he does, he both feeds off of the energy of others, but he also f- absorbs the energy of others. And sometimes that's not all positive energy. And, and because he works in physical therapy and massage, he he can literally touch and feel the energy. Like there's there's that transfer, um, not just by being around people, but by actually touching people. And so, um, I think as an empath, he recognizes that um, that transfer of energy. He he definitely tries to pour his heart and soul and all of his skills and love into people. And at the same time, he he also recognizes the need to regenerate that energy so that so that he can be available to his family and to to those that he loves at home but also you know when he is in public he 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 doesn't like to be the center of attention even even when he's with his group of friends but but he knows that he needs to be on even if it's just a one-on-one conversation aside from a group because someone has something they need to tell him um and and he's there to listen or he's there to just crack jokes like he can either be that confidant or he can be comic relief and somehow he reads the room really well and reads situations really well. And he's exactly who you need him to be whenever you need him to be that. Yeah. And I think another thing there is the idea of him, you know, being ingrained in the science within his profession and his studies, but also being someone who seems like quite spiritual in a sense. Um, and I can't speak to, you know, his, his beliefs, so to speak, but it, it comes across that way. Is that, that, that duality in so many areas, is that something that was fostered uh, within your home growing up? You know, that, that you and, and him and, and just other members of your family were, that were kind of ingrained in that thinking or exploration? Or is that something that he kind of figured out on his own? Um, I think both. Uh, our, our parents um, tried to teach us to be um, good, upright, um, moral, ethical people. Um, we were raised with 
within a like Judeo-Christian worldview. Um, and yet at the same time, I still remember as a high school kid asking questions. And rather than my dad saying, read X verse, which he could have done, you know, like he could have quoted any verse <laughs> from any Judeo-Christian text. He handed me Siddhartha and said, sounds like you're kind of in the boat of this kid. <laughs> read this book and come back to me and let's talk about it. And so it was never like, this is the only path. It was, this is a path. There are a lot of paths, many roads lead to Rome kind of thing. And so we were, we were exposed to, um, I wouldn't, man, I hate that word, but I keep using it. Exposed seems clinical, but we, we were taught to respect and appreciate, um, the, the, the beliefs, the cosmologies of, of so many different people. We, we moved around a bit and, um, I mean, it didn't matter if it was the Clovis people down in New Mexico where Tommy was born, or if it was the um, Cayuse, Umatilla, and Walla Walla peoples um, in the Columbia Basin, or the Navajo, or the Hopi, like, um, because th those groups had will have the ties to it, but also because of the nature of the work that my dad did, um, we often had opportunities to actually, like, meet and visit with the elders and hear their stories. And, and at no point was it that these are, these are not true or these are, these are even different. It was just like, can't you see the common threads? Like that we're all brothers and sisters and that we all believe in a creator or a higher being. And so we, we were, we were, we were raised to believe in, in a higher power. And, and, and it doesn't matter if you call that, um, that higher power, um, Yahweh or Allah or, or whether that he or she takes the form of a, of a tarot root or a salmon or anything. Um, and that was, that was the way we were raised. And, and so I think, um, Tommy has embraced that and, and, and done a really good job of articulating it, um, for others to, um, to feel, um, I, I, he uses the word metabolize a lot. I, I think, much of his life has been a, a, a process of metabolization, um, trying to <laughs> trying to make sense of uh, the gray areas, not just the blacks and the whites, because sometimes religion, well, often religion can um, can be polarizing and um, politicized, and um, both the way we were raised and also the way that he embodies it. it, it I don't know that you would call him a religious person, but like you said, he's a, he's definitely a, a spiritual person. And how does that empathetic worldview taken into, you know, so many areas of both of your lives, how does that then manifest itself within athletic endeavors, which can often not leave room for gray areas and also something that you were, you know, both of you guys were, were firmly invested in and you have athletic goals, you, you know, you train hard, you push hard, you try to have your best performances on race day, um, which can often lead people to less than empathetic um feelings either within the moment or even in prep or, or even after the fact when they're taking a, a hard look at, at what happened. So how, how can, how's him and you are able to um, kind of mesh those beliefs within athletic endeavors, especially around uh, races, not necessarily training? Um, to be honest, it, it has led to a lot of quote unquote underperformances um, by in the eyes of probably some of our coaches or even some of our teammates uh, and even some of our competitors. He and I both spent some time in the developing world. Um, he spent a lot of time in Brazil 
in the favelas working in destitute poverty and just like um, unimaginable violence and yet like so much love um, and so when he came back from there and I also had spent some time in similar areas um, in Central America um, <laughs> one we were out of shape because we hadn't been running and, and we went from running 5k's in high school to trying to run 8 and 10k's in college if and when we were lined up against people from the developing world there wasn't this oh they're a superior human being because they have different genetics than you know these two guys that should weigh 250 pounds but we run a lot and whittle our bodies down to like 160 pounds it wasn't it wasn't that it was like man this guy needs this, this scholarship more than we, i do man this guy needs that <laughs> this win more than i do this means a hell of a lot more to him and his village back home than it does to to me and so it took several years to like get that fight back after basically like getting a gut check every single day for for a couple of years of just like how privileged and how fortunate we are um and then even even when it's not just a comparison uh, and and that's not to diminish the efforts of the other people it was just like mentally we we couldn't go to those places like it we it was just like this is just running like who cares yeah it would be really nice like our parents weren't sending money <laughs> for us to pay for school it was kind of like you're on your own it, it, um, get good grades and and figure out a way like work 60 to 80 hours a week during the summer to just pay for it but um and so we we signed up for that but at the same time it was still just like we have the ability to go back and stay with our parents and drive combine during the summer so that's still like we're still more fortunate you know than um than these guys that we're running against sometimes so um but not only that like he he did that with me every single race we ran every race we ran growing up he the very first race that he ever ran in his life was the very last race of my middle school season and he caught me with 200 meters to go off of no training and i was like having the race of my life and i'm i was three grades ahead of him and <laughs> he hadn't trained at all and he said hey jake i can see the finish line um do you think i should start trying and i was like you punk man like <laughs> oh my god and he wasn't trying to like <laughs> he wasn't trying to be rude or mean he was just like so excited that he was running with me and he was like is it okay to start trying now and um and then i i think he tripped and um and and we still talk about it. Like he was happy that he did trip because then it, then we never had to deal with the, should he have outkicked me? Should I have outkicked him? But he did that all through high school. He could have beat me um, my, my senior year in high school when he was a freshman, he could have beat me every single race and he, and he didn't. And, um, and I felt bad because I, I don't think I'm an overbearing brother. Um, but I, but he didn't care. Like he only wanted to run with me. Like he honestly just, so I had never qualified for the state cross country meet ever or, or track meet. And that year, our team finally did after after a five-year hiatus because he showed up and was willing to run with it. He got kneed in the back. He got trampled at the start of the race. And then 200 meters later, got trampled again. And when he got back up, got kneed in the back of the head. And he still got up. And, um, and he, our team not only qualified for the state meet, but he, he helped us get on the podium at the state meet against, like, the two of the top 10 teams in the country, like, against future Olympians and All-Americans and... And that's just the kind of guy he is. He and, and he didn't even mention it. It was just like like I heard about it after the fact. Where people were like, dude, you got chewed up and spit out the back of the pack, and you still got back up. And I mean, it was really muddy, so people were in like half inch spikes, and so he was like getting spiked in the back and didn't utter a word. Um, honestly, the the first time that I think he felt, <laughs> I don't even know if he felt comfortable doing it. 
But the first time he beat me publicly and like it was a big deal was at Boston in 2017. Like he's been a better runner for me since day one. And and even at Boston, um, we had planned to run together, even though he'd been running 140 miles a week and I'd been running like 50 or 60. And I was like, um, I don't think I can hang with you, man. Like, and he'd been in Flagstaff and I'd been running on a treadmill. And so I wasn't ready, but, um, and we didn't even start in the same corrals, but he like waited up for me. <laughs> he started in the corral ahead of me and then we ran together for like five miles and I couldn't hang and I was hot. And, and so instead of taking his bottles at the elite water stops, he, he left them there for me to pick up along the way. And he still beat me like 10 minutes. But when I finished, he didn't say like, Hey man, I just, I outkicked the guy who won last year. <laughs> he said like he, he put the, he put the, the blanket around me and hugged me and told me how proud he was of me. And, um, and then even like later he posted about how well I did. He didn't say anything about him. I had to read about <laughs> what place he got and what time he ran because he wouldn't tell me he was just so proud of how well I had run off of so little training and, um, and that I outkicked some nobody, you know, um, it, it, but he didn't mention that he was like about ready to catch Jared Ward or that he was like running with these guys that we idolize. He didn't mention any of that. It was just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, it clicked. I'm really sorry, man. I, I thought you'd catch me on the next downhill. I didn't mean to pull away the, the hill just felt really good. And I just figured I'd stretch my legs out on that one. And, you're always better than me on the downhill. So I was just waiting for you and man, are you okay? <laughs> so that's him. Like that's, that's how it's been with racing. And so the, the whole rage thing, like it's not a gimmick. It's like uh, he, he can go to those dark places, but like, man, he, he is a lover, uh, not a fighter. Um, un unless it's in <laughs> to, to like feed his family kind of thing. <laughs> like that's, that's the only thing he'll, he'll ever fight for is to feed or protect his family. And when so many people think and talk about toughness, oftentimes the conversation can devolve into kind of this this, this bravado or even oftentimes a, a false sense of bravado and how that, that ties into toughness. And, and there's kind of like a, um, a, show, a showmanship aspect to it. And that certainly seems like it isn't necessarily part of, of what's kind of built into Tommy or nor what he's cultivated. So what do you speak to that idea of toughness and how it can manifest itself in different ways? Um, one of, one of Tommy's favorite quotes is a, is a Harper Lee quote. Um, I guess it's an Atticus Finch quote from To Kill a Mockingbird and it's about courage and, and it's that, um, courage is knowing that you're licked before you begin, but you still, you, you still start and see it through, um, and no matter what, and, um, that's paraphrasing it, but, um, that's, that's his toughness. That's his, that's his courage. His toughness is, is in consistency. His toughness is in, um, I, I guess his strength is, is his perspective and, um, the incremental, um, the trust in the science, um, and also about, you know, adaptation to training and things like that. Um, but his toughness is also that he's okay being vulnerable. Like, I think that takes way more balls than, than pretending <laughs> you're someone that you're not, you know? And that's, that's his greatest gift. He, he opens up to people and which then gives them license to open up to him. And I, not only have we received an outpouring of, of positive energy and prayers and well wishes and, and financial contributions, 
man, my, my inbox has been inundated by people who he has touched, who he has, you know, talked off the ledge, who want me to help keep them going, keep them alive through this really hard time and stuff. And, um, I, I assume that's only a fraction of the people who he was actually regularly communicating with or, or at different times helping, um, through really hard times, through addiction, through, um, domestic violence through PTSD, through suicidal ideation and depression and anxiety. And I mean, he's not a licensed counselor or anything like that, but he, he is a lover and he is a healer. And he, um, he, he studied conflict resolution, um, among <laughs> a thousand other things. So, I mean, he, <coughs> I guess, I guess to be fair, he, he is, he has certifications to do some of that stuff, but, um, not as a, psychologist or anything like that but he he definitely i think he understands the mind and the the dark places that that we can go and he hasn't shied away from from talking about that um not because he wants to like share skeletons or anything like that or or be overly like i, I think sometimes it, people can be showy when they like it's like they I don't know how to say it. it. It's not disingenuous when it comes from him. That's that's all I can say. Like when if he's sharing something it's it's not because he wants the world to see it as a cry for help from him. He wants other people to see it as an off an offer to help. Like, hey, if I can go through these hard things and get through them, you can too, and I'm here for you. Like, reach out, and I got your back. And he and he has, and he will. So. And in one of the ways that he connects to so many people, which is fairly ironic, ironic considering the things that he then says afterwards, especially the people that he meets in person, is the the you know the the Instagram profile that he has that has become so popular. Um, that was popular, you know, prior to what's happening now, right? I mean, he he's someone who has kind of blown up on that platform, which I know that he always speaks to people. And he's like, hey, don't I'm not as douchey as I seem on Instagram. <laughs> this is a line I've heard him say in a couple of different interviews, and even yep. on a couple of podcasts, and it always makes me smile when I hear that because that's how I was introduced to him. Like, holy cow, look at this guy! Like, he's like, <laughs> who's this like super rugged, tough male model who's faster than me and more empathetic than me and smarter than me and all this stuff? And like, this guy has it all. And it's so interesting that he has you know the self awareness to be like, hey, like that's not me kind of thing. But again, speaking to the, this duality piece. Uh, that's you know a lot of people's first um i guess uh i guess not first opinion but their first interaction with him might be on that platform which isn't necessarily a platform that immediately fits his personality or the way he communicates but that, that it's kind of an entree into this depth that he uh, i guess he's well, well aware of the uh the dichotomy there oh yeah absolutely and the funny part is like i can guarantee that he even saying that phrase um, the D word. Um, I, I know he's like in, in the back of his mind, he's like, man, I hope my mom doesn't hear me say this. I can't think of a better word, but my mom would cringe if she heard me say douchey. <laughs> so, um, he still has those filters. One of our mom's favorite phrases is use some discretion. And we usually throw it out, um, kind of mockingly at one another because that was said, mm, I'd say probably a hundred times a day, um, growing up, <laughs> just use some discretion, use some discretion. So, um, so even, even with Instagram, um, and even, w even when he has the opportunity to be public, I know that he does have to go through all these different filters of, you know, there, there are people like our mom who just like, uh, are, are saints. I, I can't, or angels. I can't think of another way. So you have to be sensitive to people that don't want to, 
hear phrases like cancer. <laughs> that's offensive to him. And yet at the same time, it's like, is there a stronger word than that? Like, that's how we feel about it. We, <laughs> and so, um, anyway, it's, a uh, somehow he, he <laughs> with his smile and with his grace, he's able to, he's able to communicate <laughs> and not offend people like our mom and, and still bring in, you know, people that, um, like David Goggins, you know, like that, that have no bones about, you know, saying exactly what they think and what's on their mind. And, um, and that's not a knock on David Goggins, but it's like, that's not how my mom speaks. And yet at the same time, he can somehow speak to both types of people. And, um, and I, I think that's one of the, the beautiful things. Um, but like you said, it, it, it does take more than Instagram and more than even a podcast interview to, to really get to know him. And, and so for those of us who have been fortunate enough to, to, to spend some time with him, um, I mean, it, I'm, I'm blown away by the, but I'm not surprised, but it's, it's really inspiring to see the number of people who, who train with him, um, on iFit. And, and what's cool is that, you know, they get to be with him for <laughs> a total of 30 to 45 minutes in most of those videos. Um, usually going at a pace that's not his normal pace. But what people probably don't realize is that each one of those 30 minute videos probably takes about 20 hours of like time on the feet filming and on location often takes three to five weeks on location to create a five to six video series of, you know, 30 minute clips. And so he works really, really hard on those, but, but people are able to get to see a little bit of who he is. And what's cool is that the, the people who edit those videos that I fit, still find ways to like they don't edit out all of him like it's it, it's not the sanitized version of him they they let him take stances like if he's running through serbia they'll let him say like how difficult it is to be in a place that that's been so devastated by um racial and ethnic and religious like factionalism and stuff like that and 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 they let him i, I don't even know that they're political stances, they're human stances. And so they, they let him make those statements. Um, and they, and they come through to people who could be on either side of the political spectrum in the U S or, or anywhere else. And, and because they ring true and because they're said with love, um, he's able to, I think, help people think about the bigger picture and not just, you know, which side are we on? Um, and, and see, as oddly as it is through a treadmill or through a spin bike, see one another through different eyes. And I think that's his greatest power is that somehow he's, he's an incredible teacher. Like, I mean, he, he's been a physics and a chemistry, a biology and anatomy and physiology, um, tutor and, um, instructor and things like that. And could do the same with languages or anthropology or whatever else, but his greatest, his greatest gift and, and the greatest subject that he teaches is, is that of love and, and of, of acceptance. And, and he, he doesn't back down from, from really hard conversations, even, even in family conversations, like he'll step up and be like, yeah, but no, that's, that's actually not okay. And, and we'll challenge him. And yet at the same time, we're like, yeah, you're right, man. How come, how is it possible to be so good? <laughs> like, like to love so deeply and not take a side and stuff like that. So he's, he's, he's the real deal. 
Well, Jacob, so are you. We really appreciate the time that you've spent not only in this show and detailing how people can help, but also talking about your upbringing and your brother and, and your, your interactions and so many great stories. Also, thank you for being so public and out there um, talking about what's going on over the last month. I know, as you mentioned right off the top, that this is not something that comes natural to you and your heartfelt discussions on this matter um, are certainly appreciated by everybody. And just want to say a big thank you to you for all the things that you're doing um, that are helping and just bringing awareness to people who are maybe new to Tommy and are, are intrigued by what's going on and certainly um, are growing to to know the man that you and so many people uh, love so dear. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Matt. We really appreciate you um, spreading the love that he has for for everyone and, and sharing this story about um, his situation, but also that of um, of his wife and, and children, and and just our hopes that uh, you know he comes back from this and and that that they're in a position to to keep doing the good things that they're doing for for all of us, for the running community, and and for society at large. So thank you very much. My pleasure. All right, everybody, uh, if you haven't done so already while you're listening to this, you can go to runsignup.com and search Run With Ribs. You can also go to the show notes here in the podcast or the bevy of places where this has been shared all over the internet. Uh, thank you so much for listening and happy running.